Welcome to Covenant's Pulpit Ministry. Covenant Evangelical Free Church believes that the Bible is the Word of God and that God's Word is vital for life-transforming Christianity. We trust that you will grow to know the Word of God and more importantly, the God of the Word as you hear this message today. May God bless you as you open your heart to His Word. I want to say a very special thank you to the cell leaders, assistant cell leaders, zone mentors, and district mentor. I think this community is so precious, and the hard work that they do uh, helps to build the community of God's people here at East Centre. So may the Lord fill you afresh with His power, leaders, and anoint you with uh, wisdom, strength, to lead the small groups under your charge. Uh, I... I'm, I'm just so mindful that uh, we in Covenant value community centered on the worship of God. Do you remember that is one of our core values? Community centered upon the worship of God. And today we're going to talk about that. Just a quick recap uh, of last few weeks. Uh, Daniel 4, this one chapter we have done a series, four sermons. And the first one was called More Than Meets the Eye. Pastor Kirk came here to remind us to put our trust in the Sovereign Lord for all of our life's situations. The next in the series was um, Real Proud. Real Proud, Ben Sun brought us a topic on pride. How subtle and insidious the sin of pride is, and we must be very careful. The third in the series, Heart of Hearing. Pastor Matt exhorted us toward true repentance. True repentance. And today, uh, the sermon is titled, Worship the God Most High. And we're going to reflect on worship. Right? Community is centered upon the worship of God. And we want to consider more deeply whom we worship and how we should worship Him. Very quick recap, the God we worship in chapter 2 is revealed to us as the God who is the revealer of mysteries. Right? The God of Daniel is the revealer of mysteries. And then in chapter 3, the God of Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, He is the rescuer of His servants. Right? He delivered them from the burning fiery furnace. That's wonderful. In chapter 4, something quite distinctive is this title, Most High God or Most High. And this appears many times in the whole book of Daniel, but most times in chapter 4 and chapter 7. It appears in Aramaic and it appears in Hebrew also. So in chapter 4, it's in Aramaic. Uh, we won't be familiar with that. But in Hebrew, it is El or Elohim Elion. And I think some of us may be uh, familiar with that. El Elion or Elohim Elion. And that is God Most High. God Most High. And this title appears way back in Genesis. Genesis chapter 14. God Most High. And this speaks to us of biblical monotheism. There's only one sovereign Lord, the creator 
of the heavens and the earth. He is the ruler of the universe, and he judges people. He's the exalted ruler of the universe who vindicates the innocent and judges the wicked. And that's what we see unfolding in the book of Daniel. And today, as we focus on the beginning and the end of Daniel 4, verses 1 to 3, and then at the end, verses 34 to 37, we will ask ourselves two important discipleship questions. Number one, who is the God Most High? And number two, how do I worship the God Most High? Before we begin, let us again join our hearts in prayer. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to guide us in understanding and applying God's Word to our daily lives. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. You came into our lives when we first put our trust in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Saviour. Thank you, Lord, as we renew our commitment to yield to your leading, your molding and shaping of our lives. You will do a deep work in our hearts, transforming us and conforming us more and more to the image of the Son of God, Jesus Christ. We commit this time to you in his name. Amen. Praise God. So we're going to look at the first question, who is the God Most High? Who is the God Most High? And in the uh, testimony of King Nebuchadnezzar, it's found in the whole chapter 4, that is his testimony. He's calling people to worship the God Most High, to praise Him, because He is he's this great and awesome God, supreme. We're going to look at it as an inclusio, because the front and the back, beginning and the end of chapter 4, uh, constitute an inclusio, it's like a sandwich, uh, and it has similar themes. And so we're going to focus on these verses today. Let me read from English Standard Version, beginning from verses 1 to 3. King Nebuchadnezzar, to all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. It has seemed good to me to show the signs and wonders that the Most High God has done for me. How great are His signs! How mighty his wonders! His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and his dominion endures from generation to generation. We skip the middle part and we go to the end, verses 34 to 37. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted my eyes to heaven, and my reason returned to me, and I blessed the Most High and praised and honoured him who lives forever. For his dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom endures from generation to generation. All the inhabitants of the earth are accounted as nothing, and he does according to his will among the hosts of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say to him, What have you done? Verse 36, at the same time, my reason returned to me, and for the glory of my kingdom, my majesty and splendor returned to me. My counselors and my lords 
sought me, and I was established in my kingdom, and still more greatness was added to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, for all his works are right, and his ways are just. And those who walk in pride, he is able to humble. What do we learn from this? We see a number of things. As I read through, these would have already caught your attention. Let's just consider this as we uh, think about, do we know the God Most High? And these things that we picked out from verses 1 to 3, 34 to 37, are these. God's sovereignty. He is the sovereign Lord over all the universe. He has supreme power. He has everlasting dominion. He's the divine ruler of heaven and earth, that is the universe. His will is unstoppable. His wisdom is unsearchable. And he is perfect in his righteousness and justice. He exalts the humble and he humbles the proud. We see this all in those few verses. And this was what happened as, as King Nebuchadnezzar encountered the God Most High. Right? Sandwiched in between was the encounter. There was this, this journey from the pride of self to the praise of God through the process of humiliation. Do you remember how he was humiliated? He became like an animal and, and he was cast out into the, the, or the open in the wilderness. He, he was drenched and he was just living off the land. And, and then after that, when he humbled himself, reason returned to him. He became like a normal man again. Okay, so that was the process. And King Nebuchadnezzar had to learn in a very hard way that he is not the king of kings, right? Despite his title, he is not. The true king of kings is the God Most High. God Most High is the Lord of Lords, God of kings, and the Lord of kings, the true king of kings, the only sovereign. And he, as the divine ruler, gives rule and authority to whom he will. He gives rule and authority to whom he will. The, the writer Daniel doesn't leave us to guess. It is mentioned three times in chapter 4, verses 17, 25, and 32. The same words, know that the Most High rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Rules the kingdom of men and gives it to whom he will. Very good verse to remember in times of election, okay? Right? Uh, can pray and remember these verses. We want to look at some, yeah, so this is on the screen, those three times it appears in chapter 4. But do you know, do you remember Jesus Christ? He, he was called the, the Son of the Most High. Right? When, when the angel Gabriel came to the Virgin Mary uh, and, and told her, you, you're going to have a son. Uh, and, and this son, you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. Luke chapter 1, 31 and 32. In Mark 5, there was a demon-possessed man. Right, He had lots of demons 
uh, in him, legion, right? And he ran towards Jesus when he saw Jesus coming, and he, he cried with a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Jesus, the Son of the Most High. And we want to look at um, another New Testament connection, which is Colossians chapter 1. In Colossians chapter 1, it tells us that Christ is the image of the invisible God. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, for by Him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. Jesus, a divine person. Verse 18 continues, and He's the head of the body, the church, what we uh, said just now as we accepted new members. He's the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. He has first place. First place in the church. He's the one we worship. Verse 19, For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of His cross. Jesus, the image of the invisible God. So, dear friends, the God Most High, the one sovereign God who created the universe, and rules over all the kingdoms of the earth is revealed to us in the Bible as the triune or Trinitarian God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God Most High. The question is, do you worship the God Most High? Do I worship the God Most High? And God is not only the sovereign creator and ruler of the universe, but he's the redeemer. He's the redeemer of fallen human beings. God sent his son, Jesus, into the world to die on the cross as an atoning sacrifice for the sins of all people. And in God's mercy and grace, he does signs and wonders. In verse 2, Nebuchadnezzar talks about signs and wonders. These are miracles. And God does miracles to cause people to recognize who He is so that they can turn from their sin and trust in Him, so that they can repent of their idolatry and worship Him, the living and true God. And every conversion in itself is a miracle. Every conversion there is this miracle of new life in Jesus Christ and spiritual transformation by the Holy Spirit. And so as you come to church on Sundays, you are seeing and hearing many miracles. Did you know that? If every conversion is a miracle in itself, you come, you worship together with brothers and sisters in Christ, everyone is a miracle. You are seeing a miracle of God. You are hearing them sing. This miracle can sing, you know. So we come and we worship God together as a community. God does signs and wonders. I remember a story 
of a, a proud uncle. Let's call him Harry. Proud uncle. He, he is retired, but he built up his business from scratch and he, he worked hard and he had a good business. And he was a self-made man. He didn't believe in anybody except himself. And so we visited him because he had terminal cancer. And we visited him even in his terminal cancer. He was a very proud and hard man. Very arrogant. We sit in his living room and we, we try to just share with him a conversation. He dominates the whole thing. He's talking throughout. Throughout, okay? You, you try to respond a little bit. He, he interrupts and he continues. And you have to listen to him and he's talking. I try to sort of ask a question or, or just come back on certain things. Just share my perspective. Cannot. <laughs> he shuts you down. <laughs> okay? And then he goes on and he talks. So I have to listen uh, for a long time. I, I exercise extreme patience. Okay? I was just listening and listening and biding my time, trying to earn the right to speak. And it worked. You know, I listened very long time. Each time I visit, I have to spend most of the time listening and then a little bit of time I can share a few things with him. But this... This man, proud man, as his condition deteriorated, I saw him uh, just becoming, in his pain, he was, he was becoming very humble in his pain. Uh, humble in terms of being like a child, right? Becoming like a child, calling out in, in pain. Yeah. But still, his heart didn't want to receive Jesus even in that state. And so we were praying and praying for him, his children, myself, another church leader. We pray and pray. It was a, a period of time. One day, one of his children felt prompted to just ask him, ask him in the morning, Dad, do you want to receive Jesus? <laughs> a miracle. He said, yeah, I want to believe in Jesus. And he was converted. Converted to Christ is a miracle. We thought this is really tough, but God is at work. As we pray, as we trust Him, as we intercede, the miracle of new life begins. Shortly after, He passed away. So He received Jesus and was saved only days before He passed on. Praise the Lord for His mercy and His grace. The late Pastor Tim Keller said this, The gospel is that I'm so sinful that Jesus had to die for me, yet so loved and valued that Jesus was glad to die for me. This leads to deep humility and deep confidence at the same time. I can't feel superior to anyone and yet, I have nothing to prove to anyone. Tim Keller just passed away uh, 19th of May, just over a week ago. Wise words about the, the gospel, the beauty of the gospel, the power of the gospel. Dear friends, do you know and worship the God Most High? Let's come to the second main point. How do you worship 
the God Most High. How do you worship the God Most High? And there is a call to worship the true God. And um, I won't read through the whole thing, but Isaiah 40, verses 18 to 26. That's, yeah, time is catching up. We'll read the next passage together. Let me just quickly pick out a few verses here. Isaiah 14, 18 to 26. Verse 18, To whom then will you compare God? What image will you compare him to? And then it goes on to talk about idols. Idols are nothing. Verse 25, To whom will you compare me? Or who is my equal, says the Holy One? Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one, and calls them each by name because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Just now we sang about this God of galaxy who created the galaxies and the stars, billions upon billions of them. This is the true God. Idols are nothing. We are called to worship the true God. Let us read this next passage together, Mark 12, 28 to 31. Let's read together, one, two, three. And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, which commandment is the most important of all? Jesus answered, the most important is, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this, you shall love your neighbors yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. The call to worship the true God with our all, with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, and with all our strength. I don't like to shorten this because it reminds me four times it says, with all, with all, with all we've got. This is a call to us, dear friends, to love and worship the true God with our all, everything we've got. I want to share with us two pictures of this kind of uh, worship. The first one is from Mark 12, 41 to 44. I just want to highlight this. The two copper coins she put in, you can't even see in the picture. They're so small. And as it goes down that collection box, there's hardly any sound. Right? Those who put in a lot, gring, 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 makes a lot of noise. Her two copper coins is almost insignificant, you know, in terms of today's money. Almost worthless. But Jesus said she has put in everything she had, all that she had to live on. In the Greek, it's literally put in everything that she possessed, all the life of her. She's given her, her life, you know, her whole life. And in, in Mark's Gospel, this foreshadows someone who gave his life in obedience to the Father, our Lord Jesus Christ. 
That is loving the Lord our God with all our heart and with all our soul, with all our mind and with all our strength. That is a picture. It's giving our very life to God. It's not just about money. Does God have our life? Does that ring true for every one of us? I belong to you, Lord. That means, Lord, you have my life. Lord, you have my life. Two pictures of worship. Giving our life, our treasure, and devotion to God. Mary, in John chapter 12, verses 1 to 8, gave a pound of expensive ointment to anoint the feet of Jesus. But more than that, move your focus to the fact that she she used her hair to wipe her feet. That is not just treasure, but heart's devotion. She's giving something very expensive. It's worth a year's wages. And then the heart's devotion. This is a call to us to worship God like that. Right? Worship God like that. It's a journey. We all grow in this. But can we think about uh, initial steps or baby steps? Thinking about corporate worship and then private worship. Corporate worship is when we come. We see the miracles of God. We hear the miracles singing. Private worship is when you're on your own, worshipping God. I just want to flash up very quickly some reminders, not exhaustive, for us to reflect how do you worship God? What's the quality of your worship? Not exhaustive. Corporate worship, arrive early, sing wholeheartedly, pray believingly, listen attentively, respond obediently, and represent accurately. Because after you are gathered, you are dispersed into the world, in the week, represent God accurately. Private worship, reading His Word daily, pray continually. Pray continually is not pray continuously, but continually. There is a nuance there. That is, you constantly come back to reference God in your life, day by day. And you're praying about everything that is uh, significant, that is happening to you. God is in the picture. He's right there in the center of your life. Pray continually. Repent sincerely. Obey joyfully. Serve humbly and give generously. William Temple said this, Worship is the submission of all our nature to God. It is the quickening of conscience by His holiness, the nourishment of mind with His truth, the purifying of imagination by His beauty, the opening of the heart to His love, the surrender of will to His purpose. And all of this gathered up in adoration. Adoration, praise. Dear friends, 
true worship goes beyond mental assent and verbal praise. It is ultimately about giving our life, our treasure, our devotion to God and finding our deepest joy in honouring and glorifying Him. Deepest joy in the Lord, not in the things of the world, not even in other people, but in the Lord. And we are all on a journey. And the Spirit of God works in us to transform us. That is the spiritual transformation that we go through, provided we are yielded to the Spirit of God. We are listening. We are following. We are obeying. We say, Lord, have your way in me. Change what needs to be changed. Dear brothers and sisters, whether we are participating in corporate worship or private worship during the weekdays, let us go beyond, beyond just verbally praising God, right? To really knowing Him, loving Him, obeying Him and serving Him. Let us advance in Christian spirituality towards delighting deeply in God, depending fully on Him, and finding our greatest satisfaction in Him. Because that is really worshipping God. God alone is worthy of all our worship at all times. May I invite us to respond to God? Invite the worship team up. Dear friends, I call you to be true worshippers of God Most High. True worshippers of God Most High. We want to relate rightly with God in humility, with integrity. We don't want to stand in awe of God even with raised heads and hands, yet fail to bow our hearts and knees to Him. Right? The outward and the inward must be one. That is integrity. With humility, we come before Him. Total allegiance, loving submission, wholehearted obedience, and joyful service to God. Invite us to stand and let us respond to God. Let us respond to God singing this song. I'm going to give God our best worship because He alone is worthy. From the ends of the earth, from the ends of the earth, from the depths of the sea, from the depths of the sea, from the heights of the
as we stand in the presence of God, I call all those who wish to confess the weakness of your worship of God. And you want to ask the Holy Spirit to do a deep work in your inner being to enable you to be a better worshipper of God. To raise up both hands to God. Would you raise up both hands to God? I want to pray for you and for myself. You say, Lord, my worship of you so weak. I need your Holy Spirit to work in me. Raise your hands, both hands. I want to pray for you and myself and ask the Holy Spirit to help us. Holy Spirit, we ask you humbly, we ask you, we know we need you, we depend upon you to work a deep work in us, Lord, in our inner being so that out of our hearts come true worship, submission to you, love, obedience, Lord, a deep desire to honour you and glorify you with our very lives, the lives you have redeemed, Lord Jesus, by your own blood, shed on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You may place your hands down. I want to continue to use these words of a, a song as a prayer. May my prayer, like incense, rise before you, the lifting of my hands a sacrifice. O oh Lord Jesus, turn your eyes upon me, for I know there is mercy in your sight. Your statutes are my heritage forever. My heart is set on keeping your decrees. So still my anxious urge toward rebellion and let love keep my will upon its knees. All my ways I want to give to you, Lord, because all your ways are loving and are faithful. The road is narrow, but your burden light. Because you gladly lean to lead the humble, I shall gladly kneel to leave my pride. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Join me in this chorus. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. Oh God, you are my God, and I will ever praise you. One more time. Oh God, you are my God.
Amen. Let's praise the Lord. Come, let's lift up our hands before the Lord as I pronounce the benediction in Ephesians chapter 3. For this reason, we bow our knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of His glory, He may grant us to be strengthened with power through His Spirit in our inner beings, so that Christ may dwell in our hearts through faith, that we, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that we may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do far more abundantly than all that we ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to Him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever and all of God's people said together amen amen let's praise the Lord for his glory his majesty and his wondrous power praise the Lord we're glad you had spent some time listening to God's word and we hope that the message has ministered to you you can visit us at www.cefc.org.sg for more sermon titles. God bless you in your spiritual pilgrimage ahead.